So as you guys know, I hate school. I was in class this last Friday, and my major has a stupid attendance policy where, like, if you miss class, you automatically get, like, a big percentage off your grades, right? I'm telling you right now that this isn't just your... Bro, it's not, like... For listen, all I'm not, schools I'm, and all majors. Listen, I'm not going to get into detail right now. This this major is stupid. <laughs> but, but so whatever. So I missed a couple classes at the beginning of the semester, and... I recently found out about this attendance policy, and basically, there was no way I was going to pass the class with the amount of classes that I I missed. And can I, you imagine how many classes that you had to miss? That bro, you were it's failing? not even a lot. Look, you miss one class is five percent off your grade. So if you miss two classes, you automatically go from a B to C. Like no, no conversation. If you miss one unexcused class, is five percent off. And and. He doesn't, like, there's no, like, oh, the first one counts as, like, unexcused. Like, right, get on, get on, get on. With so, it. whatever. So, I I have this fear of, like, speaking with my professors. I think it's just, like, this fear of confronting something that, like, I know is wrong, you know? Like, I, I know that this is not going to be easy conversation. And, like, it's so easy to just walk away from it and, like, wait until, like, the consequences arrive and then just be sad but this one day i i was sad man up you know well kind of so i left the class and the whole time on my walk back to my car i was thinking like damn i'm gonna fail this class if i don't talk to my professor and the walk from my class to the parking garage like you've seen it it's like 10 minutes <laughs> it's, a, it's a long walk that's crazy and um, i was literally telling my best friend yesterday how like my campus since it's in new york city my campus is one block Whereas, like, for you, you actually have that college experience, and you have, like, a five-city block radius freaking, campus. I gotta, I gotta freaking walk to a whole nother freaking across the ocean. Country. Another, gotta <laughs> freaking walk to freaking Ukraine. You so, might as well come to Ukraine. <laughs> so, so, basically, I left the class, and I literally got to almost my parking garage, and then I was like, damn, Ashun, if you don't turn around right now and go talk to your professor about trying to work out like this attendance thing you're literally gonna fail this class because you're gonna have two weeks off with thanksgiving and you know the next time you see him it's gonna be too late so i stood my ground and i turned around and i walked all the way back to class and the whole time back to class i was i was freaking practicing my my uh my spiel that i was going to tell my professor and I talked to my professor, and we worked it out, and I'm only losing 5% of my grade instead of 15% of my grade. There so that goes go. to show you, you know, like, whenever you're, like, you know something's about to happen, but you you know that you can have control of the situation, no matter how scared you are, no matter how fearful it is, just man slash woman up, you know? Look at that. We didn't even get into the episode yet. You're already spitting out Already advice, advice you know? I would also like to say that this is the first semester in maybe 10 years of schooling that I'm getting, hopefully, a 3.0 GPA. You heard Inshallah. me here. You heard me here first. Inshallah. We're going to be me? celebrating all the way here from New York. When you come through, we're going to be popping, popping, um, what's that? Confetti. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Welcome back to our podcast, Difficult Dish, a podcast about... South Asian narratives. My name is Mashnun. Mashnun Munir. I am Ahua uh, Khan. I already said my name. Yeah, I say it twice. What's going on? You a fan? No, autograph. <laughs> <laughs> and on you know? today's episode, we're having um, an advice session. 
we got a lot of really good feedback on our first advice session. I think it's one of our most listened to episodes. Um, you all loved it. You know, the feedback it's was not great. our most listened to episode, but it was. I said one of to very quick. It's up there. It's up there. It's one of them. It is up there. Yeah. So in our first episode, we talked a little bit about finances. We talked about um, relationships and so many different things. But this episode, surprisingly, I don't know why the people upstairs living above me, they're freaking tic-tac-toe dancing, <laughs> play, play, playing tic-tac-toe. I don't know what they're doing. But anyways. There's no um, noise involved in tic-tac-toe. <laughs> you know that, right? Tip, tip-tap dancing, tic-tac-toe uh-huh. playing. But anyways, this episode, a lot of you guys actually asked about finances and saving up. So we have a lot of um, questions regarding that. So really excited to, you know, dive in deep. If you guys aren't already following us on Instagram, that is the way that, you know, we get these these uh, tips and, and whatever and thoughts from you guys. Um, Instagram is at Difficult Dish. Let us know if you want a... Why am I saying this right now? I should say this when we're done. Whatever, let's just, let's just start. So our our first point that we're going to be speaking about is actually the first response that we got. Um, it is about finances. It is... And, and the question goes, not question, the, the thing goes, finances of moving out. While saying I'll move out seems easy, the financial part seems harder. And it is harder. And we're here to it talk about it. It is very hard. Yeah, I think a lot of you guys trust us with this because we both moved out. So we kind of have some idea about the finances. And there's a lot to it. And I think, you know, we got a good amount of responses that were about moving out. And I think it made me realize, like, I think... This is like a voice that, you know, we can probably spend some more time like going deeper on because, you know, I I realized that we're both two young brown kids that moved out of like their parents' house, like not for school. And I guess that's like Mm -hmm. something that people haven't heard about before and they're like really interested in that. So, so yeah. So, yeah. So, so how do you feel about that? You want to start? Yeah. So basically when I first wanted to move out years ago, right? Obviously, I had so many reasons why I couldn't. I still have to stay at home. I wasn't confident enough. I wasn't independent enough. There were so many reasons. But another thing is that I didn't have the money to or like the money to actually sustain myself. So I did have money saved up. I had a few thousand of dollars, few thousands, right? (laughs) But in the long run, that's not going to help me stay afloat for a few months. You know, maybe I'll spend that in like a month. Because realistically, especially if you live in New York, your rent is probably fifteen hundred minimum, right? Unless you have a roommate, it's around fifteen hundred, and then on top of that, you have to pay for food, groceries, or utilities. That's at least a hundred or a hundred fifty plus each month, and on top of that, when you actually first move in, you have to pay a deposit, which is usually the first uh, month of rent, which is another fifteen hundred to seventeen hundred, whatever. And then you have to buy furniture. My furniture alone took about 2000 out of my savings. So that's literally like over $5,000 right there. And that's literally just the first month, you know? And on top of that, you still have to like get, have savings for yourself, like for your um, entertainment and whatever it is, just your fun money, you know? So it's not like you can just move out because you have $5,000 in savings or even $10,000. 10000 is a good, good amount. But it's like you have to have a really good job on top of that that actually brings in stable income. You know, you can't just move out because you have savings. 
you you pretty much hit it like i think the the sad reality that like a lot of us have to face you know like like you i when i was i've been wanting to move out since i was 18 and, and like i was like folding t-shirts at aeropostle time i'm gonna move out like even though even if you want to you know like the the unfortunate reality is like a lot of these things are not possible without like the finances behind them and i made it happen because i like by the grace of god like i got myself into a company that like treats me well and pays me well and it was you know i I can go on about like how i got this position but you know you you have to have that stable income i think like as of you like when when i was talking about like you 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 come from someone who like has like a fat savings to like have like that backbone in and i think i come from like having that paycheck that comes in like every two weeks and like that's kind of one i that's kind of what i i rely on so you know like obviously i had a savings but i wasn't putting my back against like my whole savings it was just relying on on my career on on my job so i think like the main part is like obviously you know you you kind of have to get the job And, you know, when it comes to like how much you're being paid versus how much you're paying in rent, I think a lot of people get really, really steered towards like, oh, like my rent payment has to be like 20% of like the money that I get in, like whatever, like you, you have to like live like super below your means. Like if you make like $2,000 a month, like your rent shouldn't be more than like 500, for example. Whereas like, Mm -hmm. of course, like that, that is a feasible way of living. And if that's the route that you want to go then like of course but people like us you know like we don't make six figures like a year like we don't make stupid money like that like we we make enough to like get by and like my rent payment and your rent payment are are pretty high in comparison to like the amount of money that we make you know like my rent payment is more than 20 percent of like my monthly income kind of thing and you know that was a big fear of like my mom and like the people around me were like oh your rent is a lot compared to like how much you make are you sure you want to do this and i think like to answer that question is like yeah like you kind of have to be like all in and be like i'm cool with spending this money even though i'm not gonna have much left over it can't be something that you're like you know like on on the fence about like you really have to dive in like full full fledged and i think like a couple days before i did move out I was going through like a quick phase where I was like, damn, like, I'm really going to have like this fat rent to my name. I don't know how I'm going to get by, you know, on top of the rent, like, like, I I have a few other bills on top of that, whether it be the car, whether it be like my electricity at home, whether it be insurance, like taxes in my job, Um, you're not going to have too much left over. And I think it's just really jumping over that fence and being like nah like i'm i'm in this and i'm i'm in this deep and i'm gonna make it happen you know so i think part of the portion of like accepting the finances that you know you're not gonna have much money left over you really have to think it through first and and make yourself believe that you know you're gonna figure this out and you know you have to have purpose behind why it is you're moving out you know my purpose behind why i moved out is i'm gonna move out to give myself space to create more businesses like just like you know expand my knowledge on like the realm of creating more money and that's what i've been doing you know i've been spending a lot of time doing that and, you know, I, I think 
the reality again like the reality is like you really have to just just dive deep and and be cool with living much lower than below your means you know yeah i remember before i got my apartment i was having so many breakdowns because i was about to take it but i knew that i couldn't really afford it because i was only working with my small business and i didn't have another stable income so if you have a business, you know that you don't get the same amount of money every single day. You don't get an hourly wage. And it was really overwhelming because it's like, what if I have a really bad month? Am I not going to be able to pay it because I don't, I didn't make any money? I mean, obviously I had savings, but like, it's just really nerve wracking, you know, when you don't have like that definite stable income. And even before that, when I was, um, not apartment looking, but I wanted to move out. It's like, I really want to get out of here and I want to get an apartment, but I didn't have that money to actually get it. So it's like, really, you have to get something that you're able to afford and don't really like, don't really sell yourself short. Obviously, like if you have to move out because you're in a toxic household, do it. If you have to move out for necessity, then do it. But don't think that you have to, there's like a race to do it because there really isn't and don't get like a really shitty apartment just because you think that it's the first option and you, you're not going to get anything better you know get something that's in a safe environment and actually like research and get something that you you actually like yeah like you know I, i've been wanting to move out like like you i've been wanting to move out since i was 18 years old and i'm not talking about just like you know thoughts of moving out i've i my my household wasn't like the best situation to be in i was always like man, I really want to get out of here. But there were multiple things tying me down, whether it be like not making enough money, you know, wanting to um, just spend like that extra time like with my mom, you know, like I, I didn't want to, I didn't want her to be separate from me yet. There were things weighing me down. And, you know, I, I'm saying this to like tag on to what you said about like, you know, it's not a race, like, it's okay if you spend some time like saving the money, starting to build the career so you can set yourself up. So when you're in a space to be able to, to, um, comfortably pay your rent, you know, I waited five years, you know, I'm 23 now. I, I moved out when, when I was 22. It took me a long time of just like really wanting to move out and, but kind of accepting the fact that like, I can't do it yet. You know, like I don't have enough money saved yet. I don't have the job yet. You know, I'm not in a position like life wise to move out. And it's it's a really, really, really hard pill to swallow, especially when you're so fixated on moving out. It sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it, it really sucks having to accept that. But we we kind of had to, you know, and we're blessed to be in positions where we are able to do this now. But like, I don't want anybody to think that like, you know, we thought about moving out and then we moved out like the next month like we've been trying to for years and we've been like building our lives over the last couple of years to put ourselves in a place where this is possible so all in all to like answer your question um the financial part is harder you know it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of commitment but it's it's also not impossible you know like i think like you can accomplish whatever you want in life as long as you work hard and you're really fixated on um on a certain idea on this idea of moving out you know like i said we've been planning it for years and we finally got it done so don't lose faith you know make, make it make sense in your head and i'm sure everything will work out 
So with that, um, that kind of ties into our second point that we're going to be talking about, which is also about finance. Um, and the question is not question. I keep saying question. The thing topic <laughs> phrase is right. finance, comma, how to have multiple incomes, etc. Smiley face. You gotta put a smiley face on. Why? <laughs> you gotta put the smiley face. Why are you so face? happy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're happy to get a response. I guess. So, um, so, so multiple incomes, right? That ties into the whole thing of moving out. And, uh, and yeah, so, so what do you got to say about, about multiple incomes? So I think now it's really hard to stay engaged and constantly like happy when you're just working a nine to five job. I feel like in this day and age, you kind of have to get something on top of that to like keep you, you know, just like keep you happy because you get so bored at a nine to five you know i mean i can't speak for everyone but most people it's hard for them to just like do the monotonous routine every single day and just come home and then go back to sleep and then do that over and over you know so i feel like now a lot of people are doing side hustles or multiple um forms of income to just fuel themselves like for me um i have my small business i also just started a job recently after school program and I have just other forms, you know, through my social medias where I get random forms of money. And I think that the first thing, like, obviously, it's, for me, it's, it's a little bit easier just because I have a platform and I'm an artist. So I can just, you know, deliver my art to other people. But for a lot of people, like my friends especially, they they think that they don't have any talents. They think that they don't have any passions, you know. So it's like, what do you say to them? And... First, I think a really big thing is to discover what your calling is. And that seems like a very like tough and sophisticated and serious type of question. You know, you can't really discover that in your 20s or sometimes you can't, but it's hard to actually find that out. And for my best friend, for example, she really loves art and she wants to start making rugs and all of these things, but she feels like she doesn't have time. The best way to find another stream of income is to literally make your passion into a money income source, right? So it's like, it doesn't even feel like work because you're doing something that you're passionate about. And also there's a very fine line between, you know, not making your passion into something work related because then you lose that passion. So it's like you have to keep that a small business instead of your main um, source of income because it can be something that you don't like anymore. So I would say that there's so many forms. You can make your own website. You can make an Etsy. You can just do freelancing. You can even just like do commissions. This is more for art. But yeah, like I feel like there's so many different forms. I think like, I think what's important is like all the things that you just said, when people hear the words like freelancing and making an Etsy shop, like people get like really turned away. But like... And and I think people also there's nothing wrong with just working a nine to five. Like I'm not trying to hate on you if you work a nine to five. Like a lot of people find, you know, peace and sustainability and yeah. routine with that. So I think a lot of people think that this stuff is really is really difficult, difficult, um, difficultish. <laughs> but like doing side hustles is really not that hard. You know, it's it's not as complex as you guys think it, it is. And and going on on top of what you said about you know, making your passion into a career. It doesn't even really have to be a passion. It could just be something you're good at. 
you know like mm-hmm. like for example like you know you you just made a a gig on fiverr and your first order was like a hundred dollars you know right. and you know it, it was on like illustrating something for somebody else and maybe if like this isn't your passion you know it's something that you're good at and it's something that you can do quick and you it's you know it's something that people would like you know there there are ways to monetize on things that like you know it doesn't have to be something that like you're you're utterly like obsessed with it could just be something you're good at you know it could be be whatever and on top of that you know i think my main point in in talking about like multiple incomes is like for me i have my my nine to five which i pretty much make like all my money on um and i'm relying on that at the moment to you know start all of these other side hustles all of these other businesses that i'm planning on building into something you know you know for example i think we're so like we're we're living in an age where like we see people getting success out of nowhere we see people making all this money just out of nowhere whether it be through like cryptocurrency or whether it be through like social media people just popping off and and people getting a viral whatever and you know we live in in a time where people are just so obsessed with like instant gratification where where you get to a place where you fail to realize that that is the vast minority of people trying to make money and make a living you know that is the vast minority the the reality of having multiple incomes and and making money is it it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of time there are you know there there are there are all the mom and pop little cafes that have been around for decades that are getting a thousand or two a month you know like who are trying to build and like sustain and and like this is this is the reality you know this is the majority of the people a majority of people work um, and, and build a business for years and for years and for years to start seeing money from it. You know, I think we're so obsessed with people getting money out of nowhere, you know, so where I'm at right now is like, you know, with this podcast, we're not making much bread off the podcast, but you know, we have plans and we have, we have things that like we want to get into and like we're, we're building this to get to a place where we, where we can do that, you know? And like with my book, I've, I've written the book and I have a, I have a long list of plans that, you know, how to monetize off of that and how to use the book to build into something else and into something else, you know, like I I started the paintings and I've had people offer me commissions for my paintings and I have, you know, uh, plans of, of where I want to take that. So like a lot of it is really just like, you know, we get so scared to start an Etsy shop because we feel like nobody's going to buy from us. And that's true. You know, you're not going to get anybody buy from you from the first day. But it's like... I didn't have anyone buying from me from an Etsy shop for months. But like, you're going to get an order in the first month. And you're, you might not get an order the next month, but you'll get two in like the following month. You know, this is, this is the reality of life. You know, it, things take time to, to build into something. You know, it reminds me of, like all of the different sources of income that you had when you were in high school you want to talk about that or early college yeah i mean like you know you know when i was younger i was i was man i was doing a lot whether it was like i was juggling three jobs at a time like i was i think at one time i was working at two different coffee shops and michael kors like at the same time like i was working at sea world as well i'm pretty sure i had four jobs at one time for like a short period of time you know it's like you 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 gotta you gotta make it happen right like 
I'm not I'm not here calling anybody lazy, but it's like I think so many people are just obsessed with like I'm I'm gonna make it, but it's like you're not doing anything. <laughs> like go do something. Like I'm gonna right. be rich. You're not doing anything. Right. Like you're freaking on. You're on TikTok every day. You're freaking twiddling your fingers. You're you're looking at people <laughs> doing the woe and and dancing the renegade and you know like I don't think anyone's dancing the renegade anymore. But it's like when I was high school, like I was I was selling shoes while I was working this job. Like I was doing stupid stuff to to make money because like I I just I I had to make it happen. Like I understood what my circumstances was and what my situation was, and I knew that I was going to get to a place where I can do better but it's like it's more than just having self-belief that like you'll make it you know obviously that's the most important part arguably I think like equally as important is like having that intuition but also like putting in the work and starting these things you know there's so many people who don't see a return on investment for years like for years Mm. and and again like I really want to stress like that is the majority of people. That's not Talk the about minority. that Nipsey Hustle thing that I really love. Yeah, like, the reason, like, Nipsey Hustle is one of, like, my idols and one of, like, my icons that, like, I look up to is, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm not going to go in-depth about his story, but, like, if you guys aren't familiar with Nipsey Hustle, you know, he has a documentary on World Star, which is, like, an hour-long documentary about him that, that he narrates that kind of goes through his life that I really recommend. But, like, I watched that a while ago, and it's, like, this man was was selling t-shirts on the street, saving up money to get a space, um, like a, a a space in a plaza. Got the space, got raided by the police because he was doing illegal activity in like within the space. Went to jail, lost all his money, came out of jail a year later, went back to the street, started selling t-shirts again, saved up month, enough money to get the exact same space again. Got the space, once again went to jail for doing illegal activity, went to jail for two years, came out of jail, and like went about it the third time. And the third time he was like, you know what, I'm, I don't think I'm gonna do any illegal activity in this space. I'll probably just keep it t-shirts. And this whole thing was like five to six years. And this man, like, like we're here complaining about like not getting like, an Etsy purchase. This man went to jail two times and started all over with zero money. Like we really forget how privileged, like how much of a privileged place we are starting from. You know, we're not starting from having to sell t-shirts on the street. Like I'm talking about like getting like one of those, like, like beer pong tables and like opening them, them up on the sidewalk and literally just like standing there on this, on the sidewalk, on the street of like a, a busy intersection. Like, that that's not where we're starting from but that is where a lot of people start from and like we look at their success and we're like damn you so successful you got so much money people start from selling t-shirts you know you know so like i can go on and on about this but again to like answer your question like multiple incomes it's it's a beautiful thing that you're thinking about this um but i think the the most important thing 
when it comes to to uh, having this in your mind is like just the mindset behind you have about it. Understand that it's going to take a lot of work. You know, you really got to start building things up. And I think something that really helped me is like I created a master plan. Like I have a big pe- a big like sheet of paper in front of me that literally details like I'm going to do this. Like, you know, have have the numbers behind it, have the dates behind it, have the timeline, have the deadline and put all this stuff in front of you and don't let it leave like your vision because like you really right. need that that persistence and that consistency if if this is something that you want to do. And in this day and age, like to really answer your question, there's so many different platforms that you can use to get multiple streams of income. For example, what I said, you can use Fiverr. Fiverr. You can make your own website. Website. You can use an Etsy. You can use Redbubble. You can use anything, really. You can use and Instagram. If you think that, like, make an Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. If you're good at, if you like... Think that you're, yeah, if you think your route in life is to do social media and you really love, you know, talking to people, interacting with people then think about social media. And obviously, it's not easy, but that's how it it takes a long time, you know? But just put your all into that one passion. Yeah, like, if you're good at, like, freaking, like, making earrings, if you are good at, like, doing henna, even if it's something, like, local in, in your community, like, that that's a start, you know? Like, you can you can try to make money off of anything that you know that you're good at, you know? and And I think that you know, just having the right mindset about this kind of stuff and going about it the right way, you, it's it's inevitable that, that you're going to turn out good, you know? Say that word again. Inevitable. Don't play yeah. with me. Like, why are, you, why are you trying to put dirt on my name? Like, I know what I'm saying. I'm a poet. You feel me? <laughs> he didn't stutter. Feel me? He's a poet. He didn't stutter. Feel me? So our next point is about anxiety. And the question... I. I said it for the third time. And the the thing goes, um, anxiety about the future and being worried about things you have no control over. How you feel about that one? You know what's crazy? Literally today, I experienced so much anxiety. Mm. I think it's first because I drank a lot of coffee at once. That sounds like but a also new problem. Was... You know, coffee is kind of like the best thing ever. So like keep coffee This out of man that drinks lakes and oceans of coffee. <laughs> He threatens me with coffee. I'm one with coffee, you know? Anyway, so I, I had a really bad, anxious moment today where, like, I just felt very overwhelmed because it's around final season and I had all of these things due and I didn't even feel like going to school because, like, my heart was racing, my hands were sweating, and I just felt very, like, anxious, you know, What do you, very What nervous. do you think you were feeling anxious about? I think I get really anxious when I have a lot of things to do at the same time, mm. when I have my to-do list and it's completely packed, there's multiple lines of things and I know that my whole day is going to be packed. And it's scary because like, I know that these assignments are going to have grades and it's going to determine my future in some way. But then like my coffee wore down, I started eating a little bit and drinking some more water and like the day passed on. So I les- it lessened a little bit. But it's like, in that moment, it just feels like so heavy on you. And like, I tried thinking about better things. I tried to think about the the good parts to alleviate the tension. But in that moment, it's really hard to kind of calm yourself down. So I can definitely, definitely relate to, sorry, I had to burp, nah. but it wasn't really a burp. Nah. Um, I can definitely relate to 
you know, worrying about your future so much where you feel like you can't function. Like, I used to be so anxious about things that were out of my control. And I think it is the change in environment that has helped me with my anxiety. But also, I think it's just made me... Also, I think just realizing that none of this matters also has helped me. Like, there was no rush with anything. I'm always in a rush to complete things because I feel like, you know, as I'm getting older, I feel like there should be more things to my name. I should feel more accomplished, even though I've done a lot. But I think I realized that there's really no rush with anything and that there's a lot of time for me to do things, hopefully. And there's really no point in worrying about things that aren't in my control because at the end of the day, I can't control that. And I know that's very, like, difficult to tell someone that overthinks a lot and gets a lot of anxiety over things like that but really it just brings so much worry in the day when you're thinking about the future and you're not living in the moment you're not living in the present because you're constantly thinking about something that hasn't even happened or probably won't even happen you know and it's so important to really stay grounded and keep yourself in the present and that can have so many different forms so that can be like just journaling and trying to keep yourself in the moment by talking about what you're experiencing right now. So in depth, your feelings, where you are, you know, what you're eating, just like random things, whatever you're feeling in the moment. There are like, you know, we stress about so many things that we think deserve our attention when like, you know, there's stuff that happens that like make you realize like how minuscule a lot of things are, you know, and it really puts into perspective like, what like the grander themes of life really is, you know, and, and like, I think that ties into like, my main point is like, you know, I think over these last couple months, I've been like, incredibly tunnel visioned, like I've been so focused and set on like, what the next couple months of my life look like, and I have it all written down. And like, I'm, I'm sticking to my plan. And that goes like, along with what you were saying of like, you know, write things down, like put Put your thoughts like on a piece of paper, put there like in front of your eyes, you know, like there are so many things that are in your head that, you know, once you start writing them down you, you and, and looking at them, it gives you another perspective. You know, it, it allows you the space to, to think about these things that are in your head from like a different point of view. You know, they're they're not just in your head anymore. You know, you, you can see them and you can look at them. And And I think like the main tip that I have is like, you know, put all of your emphasis in in writing down all of your thoughts, you know, try to be really present with yourself and with the moment and really take some time to think about, you know, what the future of your life looks like. And like, if you're in a space where you don't know what the future looks like, you know, like you're, you're really concerned because you don't know where you're gonna go. You know, I think something that helped me out a lot is, is um just having faith and, and just having, having hope that your actions are going to turn to good. You know, this actually reminds me of like, I don't mean to get like religious, but like I, I've been, I, I, uh, I spent some time reading the, the Quran a couple of days ago. And there's this one quote that really stuck out that like, I'll say, it says, um, who has done an Adam's weight of good will see it. Who has done an Adam's weight of bad will see it, you know? And I think that's something that I'm, I, I've always stuck to, but I really like the way that Dal's worded is just like having good faith that like you're a good human, 
you know, you're going to continue doing well. You're going to continue tending to like the people around you and your community and like the things that are meaningful to you. It's, it's true that, you know, these things are, are going to come back to you. And I understand that bad things might happen, but I think just switching your mindset of like the good things that happen to you are because of you. And, and these things that don't have any relation to your life, you know, things, bad things happen, you know, those have no connection to you because you're, you're doing good. You know, you're out here taking care of your life and taking care of yourself. Something that that has really helped me, like I said before, my environment change, you know, moving out has really helped me with my anxiety. I realized that sitting at home cooped up, always doing my work in the same place in my bed in the same position, it has made my thoughts go crazy because, you know, there's no change in scenery and I'm just in the same place. And I realized once I started spending time with myself, so, you know, I started going to parks by myself. I went to Central Park the other day and just ate by myself. And I just really just like started spending more time with nature and by myself. First of all, it makes you appreciate the little things. So it makes you appreciate like the little breaths that you take in the cold air. It makes you appreciate the changing leaves that you're stepping on. It makes you really appreciate those little things. And it makes you realize that the other things aren't really as important, even though obviously they are. But in that moment, it doesn't feel like they are. And also, since my thoughts are always going crazy, like I have a lot of anxiety sometimes where just my head is just constantly running because I'm doing so many things at once. You know, I'm not just like a student. I have so many other things on my mind. And it's so hard to turn those thoughts off. Like even when I want to relax, it's really hard for me to relax. And I realize when I take myself on dates like this, when I go to parks, when I go to places that I've always wanted to go to and I go by myself, I am forced to turn off my thoughts because I'm just like enjoying the presence and I'm enjoying myself in that place. Like it's kind of similar to when I went on vacation to, um, where the hell did we freaking go? Mexico? You forgot already. Where was that place? It was that insignificant to your life, huh? Cancun. Stupid. We went to Cancun. We talked about this in our episode um, about feeling guilty when we're on vacation. Mm -hmm. But even though we feel guilty, it was the most peace that we felt in our entire life because we've never been somewhere where it's that peaceful and calm and we're actually relaxing. So when what I'm saying is that when you're in a place where you're forced to put away all of your work and you're forced to actually enjoy yourself in that place it kind of forces you to put your anxiety on pause yeah and this isn't like a temporary pause on your anxiety this really just actually alleviates your anxiety and it really makes you feel better and when you do come back home and you escape you know that little date and you're finally alone with your thoughts again it probably is gonna be a little bit better than if you didn't go outside you know so i've been doing things like that even once a week is really nice where you just go outside it just, for that time being, it just really makes you put that aside, you know? It really helps you not think about those things. Yeah. So someone asks, how to live for yourself? Mm. You got anything to say for that? I mean... Also, this is our last and final one. We've been talking a lot. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, I think there there is so much to say about that. And I think it's one of those things that, you know, when it's said you really don't know how to go up or like how to answer it, even though like 
that's what you've been trying to do for like your whole life. So like it, it's crazy. And like I know like we're both in situations, you know, it connects to to the moving out part. Like we're both in situations right now where we're making like living for ourselves a priority and we've never been able to make that a priority in our lives, you know, like our priority has always been like making our parents happy, getting good grades, like, you know, making sure that they're good, like blah, blah, blah. And it was like literally over the last few months where we've been trying to put ourselves first. And, you know, I, I think this question, it just depends on like, like where you're coming from and like what it is that, that you're trying to like get away from, not get away from, but, you know, like have some separation in, in trying to put yourself first, you know, from like our situations, we're trying to live for ourselves for a little bit instead of like living for our parents and it's it's a really it's a really hard pill to swallow and it's something to like really it's really hard to get away from but you know i think i think when we talk about like living for ourselves i think it all just comes down to like having or growing just like a strong intuition and growing like a strong faith that you know your your intentions are true you know, your intentions are, are the right intentions and every step that you take, you know, it, it's towards a, a bigger dream. It's towards like an, a bigger aspiration, you know, like it's really easy for us to say, like, we want to make ourselves a priority. Right. And, you know, there are so many reasons, so many different reasons to why somebody may, may be trying to do that. But I think, you know, just really trying to establish what it is you're trying to do with your life is going to be the most important part. You know, like we we separate ourselves because I think it's really important even though it's so hard to really be selfish. Like I remember when I was living for other people, my parents, and I still do obviously. When I was living for other people besides myself, I was so miserable, you know? And I just felt like I kept putting myself behind everyone else even though you should be there for yourself the most. So it is so important to be selfish. And I know so many people will knock you down for being selfish and for caring about yourself. But it's because, first of all, they're mad that you're not there for them as much anymore. And second, they think that that's a bad thing, even though it's not. You're literally putting yourself first, and that's not a bad thing in any way. Also, I don't know why my heater is so freaking loud right now. It's freaking puffing out like a dragon's nose. (laughs) I think, like, I think it's also important to remember that, like, if there are other people getting upset that you're putting yourself first, you know, in, like, obviously you can get upset with them, but it's like, understand that they they don't get it. You know, like, they don't understand why you're doing what you're doing because nobody in the world understands what you, why you're doing what you're doing other than yourself, you know, so. Especially if it's your parents that are telling you not to put yourself first. It's probably because first, they didn't experience that themselves. Or second... They just don't know that type of, you know, livelihood without you in their lives right. like that. So, and like, yeah, like they don't understand. And the the reality is that like people aren't going to get it. And whoever it is that you're separating yourself from, they're not going to understand it. And like, even if they say they do, they don't to the fullest extent. And I think like our duty, not our duty. I mean, it, I guess it just depends on like the way you're going about it but like our duty you know between the the in between like you and I is like we want to show our parents why we decided to separate ourselves you know it's not like we just separate ourselves and like don't talk to them anymore like we're trying to like bring back like tangible things for them to see like 
hey, like, this was a good decision for, like, all of us, you know, and also bring bring them into the party and, and, and explain to them, like, hey, like, me doing this, me being selfish, me putting myself first for a little bit is going to help all of us out in the long run. You know, I think, you know, our parents are so, it, it's so funny, like, they're so fixated on like the long term, like from the moment you get out of the birth, like they talk about you being a doctor, but they're all getting out of the birth, getting out of the birth. But like, but like, they're also so fixated on the short term, you know, it's crazy. It's either like, all the way on one side, or all the way on the other side. And it's either like, I want you to be a doctor in 25 years. But also like, you know, like, you can't go outside tonight, you can't do anything tonight, like, you have to do this right now and do that, and because, like, don't ask us why, it's because we just want you to, and we don't want to understand, like, why you're trying to do what you do. So, like, it all, like, they they don't get it, you know, we're coming from, from two different places, and I think just with all of that, you know, like you were saying, being selfish is the best decision that, that both of us has, have made, and, you know, we're, we're gonna make the most out of it, and we're gonna make it, make it make it worth it facts yeah. so so what is are, are we done i think we're done i think we're done all right 10 second advice mic drop no <laughs> come on we're doing 10 second advice just a quick one a, a little quickie come on i know you got some in that big head of yours i'm sorry <laughs> if my head is big what the hell do you call that thing on listen your shoulders? just because you got a freaking a freaking blimp on your freaking shoulders <laughs> <laughs> you can talk down upon me, all right? <laughs> Mashun said he would order uh, me food today. Wow! And then he listen. Uh, you want to get into this? You want to get into this? Tell them. Yeah. Tell them everything I I told told you before him. No. Listen, like how many countries are there in the world? Like two hundred and seventy. <laughs> I named two hundred and eighty different freaking places to get food from. And everything went, no, no, no. I want something in Because I wasn't craving any of them. If you said 281, then I would have said that. Do you have 10 second advice? Do you have 10 second advice? Yeah. I have to think of one, though. So you don't. So you don't. I got a quick one. It's not quick. Well, I'll try to make it really quick. So I, I, I read upon this analogy recently where it's like, you know, if you have a cup that's full of water... You know, if you hold on to the water for like a long period of time, it you're eventually your arm is going to start getting hurt. You know, the, it doesn't matter how much water is in the cup. It could be a little, it could be a lot. But like, if you if you hold on to it for like a really long time, eventually you're either going to drop it or you're either going to have to put it down. You know, there's there's no case where you can hold this forever, you know. So I think that that relates to just like stress and anxiety where like. You know, if there's something that's that's weighing you down, that's hurting you, put it down for a little bit, you know, like think about it a little bit more retro retrospectively in that, you know, if you hold on to this for like the longer you hold on to it, the more it's going to hurt. So don't so like don't hold pride in, in putting something down for a little bit. You feel what I'm saying? Don't spend that much money on plants. Unfortunately, I spent. Quite a lot. That's of the money worst piece plant. of advice I've ever heard in my entire existence on earth. Mashun told me how expensive a plant was after I bought it, but during it, he didn't tell me. Why do you always leave out like <laughs> the important part that I say? How, why don't you tell yes. them that I told you that that plant wasn't worth that money? 
You forgot to say yeah, that part, huh? but you didn't say how much it was actually worth. You needed the numerical value. You couldn't just trust yes, me. Yes, if, if I was buying it for $60, you could have said it's actually worth $18. I told you it's you not it worth $60. There's no difference. Either way, I'm telling you the exact amount it's, it's worth or I'm telling you it's not you, worth that yeah, money. Yeah, if you say it's that big of a big contrast, then I wouldn't have gotten it. So you didn't trust me when I said it's not worth it. Is that what it is? You don't trust me. You... No, because you said it wasn't worth it, but that could have meant it's usually fifty dollars. I didn't realize that was a big contrast. All right, anyway, don't spend that much. I also spent five dollars on mini succulents. I got really scared. That's fine. I mean, mad. those succulents are no; fine. those are worth two dollars. No, those can go up to five. Those are okay. Listen, like this is probably the worst piece of advice like I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you guys thank for you listening. Fellas. Thank you, fellas, individuals. Um, thank you all for listening to our second advice session. Make sure to follow us on Difficult Dish on Dif- Instagram. I know we did say inshallah we'll reach one thousand followers last episode. <laughs> no, I still but I still got faith. Unfortunately. I got faith we'll hit Unfortunately, by the looking back at it right now. I, I have faith we for truthful. the both of us, okay? We'll get there. Thank you guys for listening mm-hmm. to our podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review. If you're listening on Spotify, please download our podcast. Please help us out. You know, you know, if you make if you made it to this far, I mean, you obviously love us. You obviously, obviously. have a thing for I hope, us. I, <laughs> I hope you had a very happy and merry Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my God, this is, this is Black we are Friday. very thankful and grateful. This is for going you. on Black Friday. I hope y'all spend y'all money on something on labyrinthab.com. Labyrinthab.com. That's a good one. We got sales going on on labyrinthab.com all weekend long. I wonder if anybody's listening right now. <laughs> all right. Anyway. We love you all. Make sure to follow us on Labyrinth Ave and Mushroom when you're on Instagram. And we'll see you next week. Peace. Bye.